Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. So as we gather here this morning, we gather to celebrate with Christians throughout the world, millions of faith communities celebrating this event that happened nearly 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, those gathered, celebrated, and welcomed Jesus. Now, this event, Palm Sunday, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to a really big event before where crowds get excited. I'm like, some of you are like, no. I'm like, isn't like the stadium like the third largest city in Nebraska on a game day? Maybe not the last couple of years because they haven't done quite as well. But there's always hope. Someone's like, hope so. You know, okay, Palm Sunday, you know, we have this gospel account that we had read from Mark's gospel about this event, but this is a celebration Christians have made a part of their tradition for a really long time. We don't know exactly when Christians started celebrating Palm Sunday. We know it goes back at least to the fourth century because we have an eyewitness account. Now, it was not a news reporter. It was a nun from somewhere in the area of what is now, the, you know, France or Spain. And she made her pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate Palm Sunday. They started, just like we had in the gospel. So they started in Bethridge. And, and they would have words of scriptures that they would share back and forth. And they would have palm branches. And they would read the gospel. And they'd make this great procession down into Jerusalem. They'd come to the Church of the Resurrection. And they would celebrate the service. It was an all-day-long experience. I hope you're ready because they concluded it with a candlelight service. So later on today, we'll take a break. We'll exchange the palms for candlelights. You didn't realize you were committed all day long, did you? (laughs) (coughs) No, we're not going to be here all day long. But, you know, we had this great, you know, idea from this lady, Etheridge, that gives us what it was like on that Palm Sunday celebration, you know, in the fourth century. Well, as you talk about Palm Sunday, you know, we've got palms. We've got palms because it was a way to welcome someone and important. It was a way to celebrate. So you imagine it'd be like, you know, we have streamers, you know, or that big finger you might have on that says, go big red or something like that. You know, they're welcoming Jesus. It's, it's Palm Sunday. Things to know about Palm Sunday. This event happens just a number of days after Jesus did something amazing. There was this guy named Lazarus. You may know Lazarus' story. He was dead, dead in the tomb for how many days? Four days. And then Jesus, you know, stands at the tomb, and this is, you know, he says, you know, move Lazarus, they move the stone away, and he calls Lazarus out, and people are like, he's been dead four days, Lord, he stinks. And yet Lazarus comes out, they unwrap the bandages, he is alive. So, and people are excited. This Jesus has done amazing things. This is also where Jesus, you know, we have the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus what? Yeah, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. But you know, Jesus also weeps in this time here in Jerusalem. The thing is, this is where the, sometimes the language, the subtleties, we don't quite pick up in our English language. When Jesus is standing at Lazarus' tomb, and, you know, he's standing there, and he says, Father, you know, I'm going to speak loudly so they can all hear it. It says, Jesus wept. It's more like Jesus wept. But when Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, that's one of those kind of prayers where you just, your whole body is into it. Have you ever cried like that before? Where your whole body is just like shaking and, and tears are coming out, and the snot's coming out, and it's, it's an emotional experience. 
This is part of what Jesus does as he's standing in, over Jerusalem and he weeps for them. For how many times they have been lost, how many times they have gone their own way, disregarded God, forgotten his blessings and his grace, and how God continues to shower them with grace, even in sending his own son, Jesus. Reminds us of our own lives. As Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, so he weeps over our sin, our disobedience, our wrongdoings. And we still experience God's grace, no matter how many times we have gone our own way. And there are so many people in Jerusalem. Not only is this this crowd that saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the grave and they're spreading the word, but there are thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. By some estimates, there's probably over a million people that have made their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They're going to celebrate the Passover celebration. The Passover celebration was something given to God's people when God had this extreme takeover and he brought them out of slavery from Egypt, you know, through their rescuer Moses, and they made their way out of Egypt across the Red Sea. You know, the Red Sea opens, comes crashing down, <laughs> and they're called to remember this, to celebrate this. And the ten plagues, the ten plagues that God had to kind of get the Pharaoh to finally loosen up, the last plague was the death of the firstborn. And they were to take the blood of the lambs and put it on the doorpost. And so part of their tradition, another way of celebrating, is they would remember how God rescued them, and then how the blood of the Lamb was a sign of God's people being saved. And here, Jesus, who John the baptizer had called the Lamb of God, here Jesus was going along the same path that all of those lambs for the Passover celebration would travel. And Jesus enters Jerusalem, riding on a what? On a donkey. Now, again, it's not unusual for someone to ride into town, someone who's a king and victorious. He did not ride on a donkey. I mean, a donkey's like, you know, I'm riding on my um, Yugo. For those of you who are old enough to remember what a Yugo is, if you don't know what a Yugo is, just go look it up. Like a little tiny car. You know, rather than riding in, you know, this big, gigantic, you know, monster truck. You know, saying, I'm the king, I'm victorious. Well, in today's terms, you know, a king would ride on a horse or a chariot, so a king might have a parade of tanks, a sign of muscles and power and dominance. Yet Jesus comes riding on a donkey, fulfilling a prophecy that was nearly 500 years before his birth from the prophet Zechariah, Zechariah 9, 9. Your king will come to you, humble and riding on a donkey, the colt of a donkey. In other words, a donkey that had never been ridden before. This is Palm Sunday. This is the crowds that are gathered there. People who are looking and longing and hoping that the one that came would free them. Just like God had freed them from tyranny long ago from the Egyptians. Now they're hoping he would free them from tyranny, from the Roman tyranny. And just imagine what it was like on that day. Imagine the crowds of people gathered around there. And there's Jesus. Here's this guy who had for three years been teaching people. He taught them amazing things about God's grace. He taught them in parables and ways they could understand God's grace. This is Jesus who did amazing things. Think about this. He enabled the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the mute to speak. He enabled those who had never walked before in their lives or been lamed and crippled for a long, long time to get up, pick up their mat, and go home. This is Jesus 
This is Jesus who removed a fever, who said to a, you know, a dead girl's father, he, she's not dead, she's just sleeping, and he raised her from the dead. This is Jesus, who when people who encountered him with sores on their bodies, but he healed them and they were cleansed. This is Jesus who spoke to everyone and anyone about God's amazing grace and love for them. All the crowds had always gathered around to hear Jesus, to be with Jesus, and that close-knit group of followers, his students, his disciples. They'd all gathered. At this moment, all the crowds gathering in Jerusalem, hundreds of thousands, a million plus people gathered to celebrate God's amazing feat, how God had rescued his people long, long ago, and hoping that God was going to rescue his people once again. Jesus who, you know, walked the dusty paths. He walked everywhere, except for maybe this one time he was riding the donkey. You can imagine that, you know, as much as they walked, they probably had no problem getting their 10,000 steps in every day. That is, he walked all throughout Jerusalem, and not only in Jerusalem, in Samaria, to the outsiders, to those who were sinners, to those who were considered unwelcome by God, unworthy of his grace, and he continued to show God's grace. He continued to demonstrate God's love. So there he is in Bethridge, and they're ready to go in. So they're going to celebrate the Passover just like everybody else. And they're on their way, crowds gathered around. And then Jesus sends two of his disciples on donkey duty. How would you like to be the one on donkey duty? On donkey duty. It might be, it just might be that it was John and James that were on donkey duty. Because a short time before this, these were the guys that were arguing, you know, which of them would be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And, you know, their mother's like, hey, Jesus, would you let my sons, one sit at your right, one sit at your left? They might have been the ones on donkey duty. Don't know. But there they are on donkey duty, you know, go and get this colt. And, you know, to their surprise, the colt is right there where Jesus said it was going to be. And they're untying the colt. And then the owner says, <clears throat> what are you doing? And they're like, well, the Lord needs it. And he's like, Okay, I don't know about you, but I mean, if someone just came in like your garage and started backing your car out of the driveway, and they said, ah, the Lord needs it, how many of you would say, okay? <laughs> well, if you do, you know, I need a new car sometime soon, so just let me know, leave the keys in the ignition, and I know exactly what I'm going to tell you. The Lord needs it. <laughs> but the Lord needs it, you know, they, they take the donkey and, and they, they put on the cloaks and Jesus climbs aboard the donkey. Not a war tank, not a mighty chariot, a donkey. Wow, just imagine, he's riding there on the donkey, and the, and the crowds are there, they're gathering around, they're excited. And they begin shouting out. So I told you, it's Palm Sunday, right? And you just can't sit still on Palm Sunday, so you get your palm. You know, just like this, this painting here, we see them waving those palms. We're, we're going to shout out with the crowd. So I don't want you to imagine the Huskers, they're, they're, the game is closed. And yet, they're, they're about to make a touchdown. They're about to become national champions, finally, once again. And so we're going to shout out these words that are found in all four of the Gospels. It's going to be just one phrase after another after another. We're going to shout out with these crowds. Are you ready? All right, let's just practice the first one. Hosanna. Hosanna. Oh, you guys were good. All right, let's rattle through them. Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. 
Blessed is our ancestor David's kingdom that is coming. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the king, the king of Israel. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Well, I am impressed. Wow. You guys are good. You must have a lot of coffee this morning. I only had one cup of coffee this morning. The crowds were so excited. Now, of course, you know, they're thinking that Jesus is coming. He's done such powerful things, amazing things. He's going to come and he's going to free us from those who oppress us, from the Romans. Now, in this crowd, there were also the Pharisees. Now, you can practice being the Pharisees real quick. This is really easy. And this is maybe more like traditional German Lutheran. Come on, you got to practice with me. Cross your arms, a little scally face. You know, and, um, and, they, and they say to Jesus, because you know, you they don't like Jesus. They don't like him because he, you know, is upsetting the apple cart. He's upsetting how things work for them. He is challenging them. But they're also a little bit fearful. Because this is not the first time that someone was perceived as being the Messiah, the rescuer, the promised one of God. And all the other messiahs that had come, they had promised that they were going to free the people from Rome, from the tyranny of Rome. And so there had been violent uprisings. And of course, if you know anything about history, Rome does not like uprisings. They like you to stay in your space. Don't move from where you belong. So Rome, knowing it's the Passover, knowing that there's been some excitement, sends a lot more soldiers to make sure things don't get out of hand. And if they do, things are going to get bloody, violent, destructive. So the Pharisees, again, they don't like Jesus because they just don't like him. But also, too, they're fearful of what Rome may do if things get a little out of hand. So, you know, they are looking at Jesus as the crowds are shouting, Hosanna, and they say these words, Jesus, tell them to be quiet. And of course, Jesus says these words, if I tell them to be quiet, even the stones are going to shout out. Even the stones are going to praise my name. And there's Jesus riding along into Jerusalem, riding along the same path that those lambs had taken year after year after year. The one who is the Lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world. Because it's not long after this, even as they welcomed him and they were excited, you know, you know that Jesus weeps. And remember, he isn't just, but he weeps over Jerusalem. He weeps over the hurting and the suffering and the brokenness that sin brings into our world and into our lives, not only some 2,000 years ago, but our lives today. Because God came and he tented. That's, you know, birth language. That is God, Emmanuel, language from John's gospel. He tented in the midst of humanity. And as he comes to tent amongst us, he doesn't tent amongst us when, you know, life is just perfect and great, because life is not always perfect and great. I mean, back then, there were relationship conflicts, there were social conflicts, there was political conflicts and strife, there was sickness and death, there were wars and rumors of wars. And that nearly 2,000 years ago, it sounds a lot like today. And that same Jesus, that same God who came in the flesh in Jesus nearly 2,000 years ago is the same God that comes to you 
and die today. The same God that steps in for us. Because Jesus came. Jesus came not to be, again, some mighty, powerful warrior, not some political activist or king. Jesus came to redeem, renew, and restore us in the midst of our suffering. Jesus came to redeem, renew, and restore us in the midst of our suffering. While those that were gathered there really didn't quite understand we have the advantage of looking back and seeing the gospel eyewitness accounts of all that unfolded. And we know they went from saying, Hosanna, this is the one, you are here, Jesus, you, yay! To a short time later, five days later, they were shouting out, Crucify! Crucify. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, came to redeem, renew, and restore, not by removing the tyranny of the Roman Empire, but by taking all of our sins upon himself at the cross, of suffering and dying, so that in the midst of all of our suffering, we know this promise to us is true, that God loves us and God is with us, that he will never abandon or forsake us in the midst of our suffering and our struggles. That our God is God, is not some distant God, but a God who is involved in every aspect of our world and our lives. The suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Because we go from shouting, Hosanna, to crucify. A little bit of practice here. It's a little liturgically wrong, but it's okay. Christ is risen. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. Wow. To being dead in the grave three days, risen from the grave. We know his promise to us, his promise to you is true. To redeem, renew, and restore you in the midst of whatever you're suffering, whatever you're struggling in life. Whatever our world is going through, we have a God who loves us, the God who is with us. You know, Holy Savior, we talk about that we are growing in Jesus and sharing his love. Growing in Jesus and sharing his love. So in this, this season of Lent, as we wrap up the season of Lent and we enter Holy Week, you know, we've got two extra services you can come to, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. You can do things like, you know, watch the Passion of the Christ. It's an opportunity to reflect on what it means that we have a God who redeems us, renews us, and restores us. So a question for you to do this week, just to take some time, maybe set a timer for five minutes. You can do it one day, every day this week. But process, think this through, work this. This is one of the ways we grow in Jesus. It isn't always doing things, per se, as it is just spending a moment to turn off all of the distractions, everything that's going on, to have some honest time to reflect and talk to God. Take some time to reflect and ask what in your life needs to be redeemed, renewed, and restored. That's something only you and God may know. But this week especially gives us an opportunity to pause and reflect. While we couldn't be there nearly 2,000 years ago, our Savior is with us. He is with you today. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing love and grace. We give you thanks and praise, Jesus. As we celebrate today Palm Sunday, Lord, we also know it's called Passion Sunday. So even as we opened up with our two songs, one really hit hard, that Hosanna celebration, and the other began to help us move to the reflection of you are the lamb who is worthy, the lamb who gave his life 
as a sacrifice for our sins. So that, Lord, we are redeemed, renewed, and restored by your grace. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.